The Long Haul Podcast, America's Irish Voice. Interviews with inspiring immigrants, renowned Irish personalities and discussions on all things Irish America. Presented by Michael Dorgan and Johnny Kennedy. The Guinness is flowing and the curry chips have returned. Yes, the Long Haul Pub and Grocery has finally reopened on Manhattan's East 34th Street. After being shut down because of the pandemic, myself and Johnny are back inside New York's GA headquarters for the first time in 20 months to talk everything about the Long Haul reopening and the state of New York's hospitality sector battling the economic downturn. Johnny delves into how the shutdown has affected the bar industry, inflation, problems getting staff, PPP government loans, rent prices and lots more. Johnny also gives us an insight into how himself and the Long Haul co-owner Cahill Clark are managing both the Long Haul and the Westbury, which they were initially supposed to open the week of the first lockdown in March 2020. The lads, of course, own the Westbury with Connor Moore, a.k.a. Connor Sketches. We get great responses from our bar-themed podcasts, and because there is so much to cover, we'll do a follow-up in a few weeks' time. So if you have any questions you'd like to ask us, please leave us a comment on social media. This is a great listen and Johnny reveals everything from the concept behind the long haul and how they set it up to the secret behind the bar's best tasting Guinness and those delicious curry chips. All of our podcasts are up on thelonghaulpodcast.com where the website reached a significant milestone this year by publishing reports on every New York GAA adult championship final in both men's and women's codes, something we are very proud of. If you like what you hear, be sure to rate the podcast and share it with your friends or leave us a comment on Facebook, Instagram and Twitter at The Long Haul Podcast. Welcome back to the Long Haul Podcast and welcome back to the Long Haul after 20 months of... Wow, it is, isn't it? 20 months, Johnny, since we... I remember fondly, we were walking down Park Avenue, walking down to Grand Central Station and we were getting the subway home. We were just after finishing off a podcast, I know it was with Donald, and you had a guy that was over that was... I think you were training up in the Westbury. Oh, And he had just moved over, yeah. Or Connor Mono. Yeah. yeah, the young fella. I often think of him and the girl, so not to go off on a tangent straight away, but they were going to call work for us in the Westbury. Yeah. And the two of them had to go home. And I remember immediately in my head, he was saying to me, do you think you should stay? My brother's telling me to come home. And I went, this thing will blow over in a month or so, bro, but I can't tell you to stay. You should go. And here we are 20 months later. Thank God he did go home. Poor old living. Yeah. 20 months. So it's great to be back in the long haul, Johnny. I haven't seen much of you in the last 20 months. Uh, yeah. But congratulations are in order. You're, uh, yeah. you're a father. Pandemic baby. Pandemic baby. COVID baby. Yeah, I ran out of stuff to watch on Netflix. Like, you know? <laughs> <Yeah>. Tiger King. <laughs> didn't do it for me and the missus. <laughs> you know. Yeah, wait till I was 45 and had my first baby. Yeah, unbelievable. Yeah, Jack Kennedy. No pressure on him, right? No pressure. No, no. pressure of that name. No, no Congrats. Named after anyone in the family or? No, just John F. Kennedy. John, John F. Kennedy. Kennedy. Yeah, I always liked that. I like the name Jack. And yeah. obviously Jack is the most popular name, but... Genuinely, and I'm probably overthinking it, when his surname is Kennedy and he lives in America, I kind of had to think of a good first name. I couldn't just give yeah, him any yeah, old Mickey yeah, Mouse yeah. name, you know? Yeah. Wasn't going with Robert. Ted, you know, Ted like turning over cars with women inside it, you know? But yeah, now Jack Kennedy and uh, obviously a big affiliation with um, 
Olivia won't like me telling this stuff on the podcast, but it was conceived in Newport. All right. Jack Kennedy and Jackie Onassis got married in Newport. Ah, of course, Literally, yeah, yeah. Oh, we you lived, were staying close to the church, weren't you? The I time? lived on that street, like on ah, Spring yeah. Street. Like I could see St. Mary's Church outside the window. Not while I was doing the <laughs> but pretty much it was on that street. So, yeah, no, Jack, and he's amazing. Like everybody's panda. There's a lot of pandemic babies through the long haul, actually. Through the long haul. Genuinely, yeah. there's like, I don't want to name the lads, but there's four or five regulars here, and they've, all of us have had babies. More even. Jeez, I forgot about Dumper and a few of them. Because, you know, Dumper oh, was yeah, on yeah, the podcast. Yeah. Yeah. Dumper and Neve had Hobo, a baby. Hobo the old, Blair, yeah. John Fitz. I'm naming them now anyway. But then all the other lads then, like the Liam and Kieran yeah. and Stenson. And there's a load of them other lads. And they've all, everyone, I genuinely know of six, maybe seven, that all have babies. Johnny Kerr, who worked here and all. Everyone has had babies. Johnny Kerr was a little after everyone else. But all had babies within, all the babies are now within six months and three months old. Like, so... Clearly, everyone didn't have Netflix yeah. or didn't like Tiger King. We didn't, no. Yeah, we didn't. <laughs> My brother had two kids in the pandemic, so yeah. No way. Yeah. But that's the other keep, thing. Keep Obviously, mode, people keep. probably don't want us to talk too much about pandemics, so especially with the Ireland-related. But the amount of people I have met now, say, like your brother, say, overseas now, and the grandparents haven't met any of the kids at all. Yeah, like that's mental. Yeah, isn't yeah, it? that's the thing. That's like, got to yeah. be. Right I haven't flip. met my bro- my brother's two kids. I'm god godfather to his firstborn. Yeah, Molly, and I've never met her. And. Yeah. probably it'll be, be difficult year, to yeah. see it'll be next year by yeah. the way but like see you seen it yeah. brutal isn't it so anyway with Johnny the, the bar industry of course we're <laughs> back in the long haul it's great to be back here it's looking yeah. spectacular downstairs yeah it is now downstairs uh, looks great Cottle done great working for Ernest <laughs> give him the credit for it to be fair <laughs> it is so um, what is it like of course you've the Westbury as well but what does it feel like to get the, the long haul like you, you've this open for five and a half maybe six years yeah. like, how, how does it feel opening the doors finally again I think ago. it was more other people's reactions was probably the better thing for me and Cottle. Like, there was one or two lads that walked in the door and they were, like, kissing the floor. <laughs> and they were hugging me. I had genuinely seen them two or three days ago in the Westbury. But it was just, like, their long haul. And uh, I've, all week, that's just lads saying to me, ah, it's just different. Yeah. Like, there's a lot of lads that be in the city there and girls and girls, like, they're single or whatever and they live in the city and all and they just like this element of coming into long haul the groceries there their cup of tea if they want and a few yeah. guinness obviously and curry fries and all that type of thing but it does there's something different about it and i haven't really i don't know if i would have appreciated it but for the pandemic because it was gone and then they opened the westbury and i was like got the westbury up and run and we're like that's grand and the long haul will open all that and i thought well we'll open the long haul that'd be grand there'd be no big deal with it but I felt the nostalgia thing myself more so mm. with the long haul. I'm more pulled towards the long haul now than the, than the Westbury. But again, that could be because the Westbury's up and running six, seven months. And mm. the long haul, it's, it's not like starting again because the regulars have been amazing already. Like. Let's go back over first. Uh, so like you closed down on Paddy's Day, March 20. Do a quick recap. You were just about to open the Westbury yourself. Kyle yeah. and Sketches are is yes, involved. And Connor, the, yeah, that's right. And Westbury, Connor Moore. And uh, like you were supposed to open a bar and then the place shut down yeah but genuinely that, co- that guy you talked about there that we were to- walking up the park with the likes of Connor and the girl from Clare yeah. my initial thought was I felt for them at the time because I yeah. thought we'll be fine the bar will open now in a few months but then to go a full year of not open and I know we went over this stuff before but to- from there to where we are now it was kind of long haul not reopening sooner was a lot more to do with the type of customers we have are very much Irish obviously tourists is a big factor for us so we didn't push to open till the 8th of november with the flighting with the europeans coming over okay so in our head we said we'll 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 shoot for them and plus we could focus on the westbury but i was also saying to people when i'd meet them 
you know, staff and all. And I won't lie, I was kind of just saying that as a kind of, I didn't think it was that big a deal. It's worse than I thought it was. Trying to get staff. It's horrendous. Anyone that's listening to this that's in construction and in the bar business, especially. I, 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 like, I, I, I probably go on about it too much now. I, I just genuinely can't get over how bad it is. I mean, you're hearing about like bars that are like um, people coming in. Look, oh, there's lads coming in looking for $25, $35 an hour and they're just regular line cooks. Dishwashers making like 900 to to 1000 and all this kind of I'm not begrudging the lads making the money. But them numbers don't match up like. With the price of food and the price of material for construction-wise, you know, it's not sustainable. But not to be degrading of, like, and, like, we all know, this, state, I'm stating the obvious here, like, they didn't go home to Mexico. They didn't go home to Ecuador. They're not going back to South America, much like most of us didn't move back to Ireland. So where are they, like? So I was asking the chef, like, a couple of weeks ago. I said, what's, and he said, they're doing deliveries. And I, like in every shape yeah. or form, he says they're on the bikes. They're out. so kitchen has went into construction, but I was like, yeah, November will come around. That'll but knock that out. Probably there. all Mex- Mexican lads. Yeah, like a majority of Mexican lads, a good few Ecuadorians, but mostly Mexican lads. So a lot of them went into construction. But I said, but yeah, when the weather turns, they'll come back. Now the weather hasn't got terrible, but it's not just that. It's they're going doing deliveries. They're their own boss type of thing. There's nobody annoying them. But like. Yeah. Any kitchen I ever worked in January, with the exception of one job I have I had in America, they're treated great. Like it's not like they're you can't treat people bad anymore in any industry yeah. anyway. You're not getting away with that shit. So now what's happened is they're going to into some bars, they're getting into some job. And I'm not knocking the bars for this, but the lads' hands are forced to overpay them. And then that travels through a community. Like I had one bar owner a few weeks ago text me and say to me, I have a number here, he says call this girl she just called in here she's looking for work and I said no way great I'll call her I text her straight away I said are you looking for a line job are you looking for a line cook's job and she goes yes and I text her straight back and I give her the Westbury address she never replied to me so I waited about half an hour I thought she was on the train maybe something I text her again are you looking for work she never replied to me she wasn't just looking for a line work she was looking for work in that bar that that person gave me the number in because they're paying them $25 an hour so she'd got wind that they were paying $25 an hour. To me, that is the problem. Mm. Now, I'm not knocking that bar. They've no choice. They're in a dilemma. They, they've, they've, they've created that in themselves as well, but they're in a position probably to pay it. But what's their option? Not pay it. But they're also the problem as well then, you know what I mean? And I get it. They're, 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 they're coming in telling you they're over in Hudson Yards and the restaurants over there are offering them $30 an hour. And is it like is it because is it because a lot of them are gone to construction? It's more it's it's a more reliable job. Like you, you could have well, a, I'd say there is. Well, that happened with the Irish more so. A lot of the Irish girls and guys, bartenders and waitresses, office work, got into office work yeah. and got into construction. I know a few good girls that were great bartenders for years, and um, and I spoke to one two of them, and she, you know what? Good luck to them. Yeah. I don't blame them. They're dead right, you know. And that happens, and that's fine. And I think I don't mind the bartending end of it. Maybe that's because I can do that myself. Like, but like, you don't want me down there making your chicken curry, like, you know what I mean? So, but I think there is that, but there is the element like, you know, you're getting home at six o'clock in the evening and I understand all that type of thing, but it's happening in construction. I spoke to a guy yesterday at the bar, uh, one of the lads from Kerry, he has his own construction company. He literally was at the bar yesterday here having his lunch and he let go of a guy, he let a guy go that he has over 10 years with him. I said, what happened with him? And he says, he asked him for more money recently. He'd given him more money to start the pandemic and your man said, 
and he's 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 his main guy. So he says to him, "You know the breakdown, materials, all this type of stuff, errors and everything." He says, "I, it's just not doable to give you more money." Your man told all the lads in the job to start slowing down the work about two weeks ago, and your man copped what he had done. So he approached him yesterday about, it and he said, "Wrap up your tools." But your man just smiled and said, "No problem." That guy was probably in the job yesterday afternoon. He told me in the last two weeks he's walked onto the site and there's a there's a young fellow on his phone the whole time. And three times he said it to him. And he says, I can't even lose the head. And he says, in the third, no, on the, the fourth incident, your man was wrapping up his tools at 10 past, 10 past three. And they weren't supposed to wrap up till 3.30. And he just says, what are you doing? And, your man's like, what? and he goes, you know what? Wrap up your tools. Head home. And he said, again, your man didn't even flinch. Because he knows he's already in a job 10 minutes later. Whoa. I have another friend of mine. I can't name any of these names, obviously, lads. He has staff that have been with him for years. And now they're like, they're, they're falling on the jobs and they're trying to claim and they're trying to sue and everything. And that's literally, I spoke to him two weeks ago. So what he started doing now is going to an agency and he's starting to try hire through an agency. So he's, it relieves him of some responsibility. He'll just pay the agency for these people. And he said, this is a big factor with him now is people trying to sue on jobs. Like, what's the big, what's the big shift in the mentality of workers? Like, well, obviously the handout was a big thing. Like the, 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 the dole Yeah was, yeah yeah It was ridiculous But if you're working You're not going to be getting that Are you getting a portion No but like there was, They got too much for too long And I put myself in that bracket I struggled to come back to work Looks like anyone follows my Instagram I still haven't come back to work but, you know, <laughs> No but realistically Just ask all Like you know But the truth of it is Like I can see that logic in it But like I've no other choice Like you have two businesses Like yeah. you know what I mean You've no other choice But like Again Not to stereotype here But I'm assuming a lot of the Spanish and some Irish and a lot of people that run documented, they weren't getting the dough. Yeah. So what was their, what is the option? Like Louie that works for us in the kitchen, anyone who comes in here knows Louie. Louie told me he's two friends and he asked them last week, will they come work and they're both cooks? And they're like, meh, meh. So he told me they have, they've got their papers and they're getting like a couple of hundred on the dole. But I thought the dole had ended. I assumed it had ended that, like the, the, the payment protection thing yeah. for um, the social welfare, whatever you call it. So I assumed I had ended, but it didn't. Then go to the ones that are working. Now your fear is you're stretching them too far. Like I genuinely have like two, I've one bartender, I've two bartenders here and I've basically three in the, lot in, the, in the Westbury. I can't say enough about the five of them. They're all, but they're running around doing everything and they're brilliant like, mm. and including the lads in the kitchen that I do have. I just can't say enough about them. But I've had to close the long haul on a Monday and a Sunday and a Monday lately. Because I don't have enough staff to do the full week, like, and you have that fear. Then if you go too far, so it's staff. Yeah, it's, it's not about it's not about getting customers in. It's the fact oh, that you no, can't it's get the there. opposite. I'm getting texts. Why are you closed? Are you open? Are you closed? Customers are amazing, and customers are so good to the staff, and still have yeah. been for the last two years. People are over tipping. People are getting it. Like even some of the stuff here yesterday that we didn't have as regards the kitchen because I've one guy in the kitchen and I have a new runner in there with him helping. I have a runner and a dishwasher who were training up to be a line cook and have one of my line cooks just with him on his own. But customers were there yesterday asking us for certain food that we didn't have and they were like, look, I understand. Just throws up any old platter and all. People yeah. are just amazing. Yeah. People are like rock stars. And that's everyone. That's not just Irish. That's the Americans. That's everyone. Like, I just can't get over them. But it's staff. And the staff you have, as I say, you're afraid of pushing them too far because you can't do that to them either. Yeah. Mentally, then they... They're no, never mind their tip cup. They're no good to the till. They're no good to anybody. And it's not fair on them. So we're closing on a Monday, Sunday and a Monday here. And that's cost factor for us then. 
So tell me, uh, getting back, to, you opened the Westbury and you kept the long haul closed. Uh, what happened with your rent there, the landlords? People were very interested in those, those podcasts when we spoke about the, yeah. the landlords. This guy was great. In the long haul. Yeah, this guy was great, but that's not to say the other one wasn't. But when, I think I hit on this before. He's just so good to us here because he obviously has a good mortgage. Yeah. And to be fair, and I'm like putting, I'm putting us ourselves down here when I say this. I don't know if I mentioned this before, but one of the conversations we had with him, I just said to him, Tony's his name, right? I said, Tony, he's not Italian for the record. <laughs> but I said, Tony, the reality is, I said, Long Hall is on 34th Street between Park and Madison. Some people think it's a great location, but I'm in the business long enough. It's not a great location. Mm. It says a lot of credit to us and the place and to the Irish that came here that has made it a kind of a destination. But it's not... Everyone that comes here genuinely goes out of their way to come here. You know, New Yorkers are spoiled. Like, if you don't have a bar on your block where you work, you're, like, peed off. You're like, oh, mm-hmm. this is great. So my point to Tony was, I said, Tony, if we walk away from that, believe me, nobody's going to be running up to take it off you. And if they do, they're going to want it for nothing. Yeah. So, and to be fair, he took <clears> it on board. He goes, okay. And he went off and he came back. He spoke to the broker and everything. And he came back and he done us an amazing deal. So me and Cottle weren't really under any great pressure with him here. Now, we had to give him compensation for, you know, some of the pandemic stuff and stuff. But going forward, he's really working with us in comparison to some lads that I hear stories of. But again, and I'm, I've definitely hit on this before, I don't buy into this bashing landlords thing. I really mm. don't because I think it's so unfair. Sure, there is some landlords, but not all landlords are like big time Charlies. So you have some landlords that are just no different than probably you or I that mortgage this one up to another one and they just can't afford and then I know tenants here that have, I definitely know one or two tenants here that probably made more money during the pandemic than they did before the pandemic. And then they were lowballing their, their landlord. Yeah. You know, and then their landlord got sick of it. And in some of them relationships, you can see the strain in them now in certain bars in, like, in the city. And then you have you've other bars that, like, and I have to mention them because, like, when you look at Jack Daw and you look at, like, Haswell Green's and probably a lot of bars in the West Village, East Village and all. But them two in particular, and not because of my affiliation even with my brother, but I'm sorry, and a lot of Third Avenue there. Like Tara Rose, Bank Cafe, any of them along there, the Gem and all them bars. The majority of them bars and all stayed open during the pandemic. And they worked their arse off. And the lads in Jackdaw especially, I remember being down with the lads at the early stage. And you could see, like, it was, this is going to be difficult. This is going to be difficult. And you know what? If you haven't been to Jackdaw and you're in town, you have people in town, and you're not going to Jackdaw at the weekends or anything like that, you're missing out. And great credit to the lads. Like. Mm. Corner store, I think they end up getting 120 seats outside and everything. Isn't it brilliant? It just goes to show, New York, like, you could have been given some of these bars this the whole time. Like Barry that owns uh, Crown Alley down there. Barry would be a family member of uh, the lads that own the palace. And uh, everyone would famously know the palace is on Fleet Street which Willie would like to tell everyone in the palace in Dublin. It's not Temple Bar, it's Fleet Street. To everyone else in the country, it's the bar at the top of Temple Bar. But Barry owns uh, Crown Alley that's down on uh, 19th Street, I think it is, somewhere there around the Chelsea area, right? Barry got in there and the community board told him, pre-pandemic, you're only getting a 2 a.m. license and they made him sign the lease in the condition he'd never look for outdoor seating. Pandemic comes along. They wanted him to have outdoor yeah, seating yeah, in order yeah. to open now that's the makings of Barry yeah. there because his bar is like it's, it's tight enough and it's on it's a beautiful little bar totally recommend anyone trying it but he has this amazing outdoor seating now but he would have never had that but for yeah. the pandemic and the rules and regulations wouldn't have it the lads in Jack Daw could have applied all they like for that kind of outdoor seating and the community board would have never agreed to it 
But now look what it's done for that community. Like, yeah, yeah. There's some restaurants there. There's more seats oh outside than inside, and you're yeah, like, Jesus, fair play to them. Like, oh, two of the regulars here, Podge and Jerry, really that everyone really would well. know. Like Podge and Jerry, two of the lads that everyone would know. They're like, they're like a couple from Clare and Tip. Like anyone would know, lads. The boys lived on the Upper East Side up there, and they were telling me there was a, like there was a little there was a little restaurant around the corner there. But it's some I don't know what your man was like an Albanian or something. Or something but the boys never went into his restaurant pre-pandemic. They never even noticed it. Pandemic hits, there's nowhere else open. The two boys and Barry and a few of the lads, they all went in for your man for a drink, but they became a bit of a local then yeah. for them because they found places because of the pandemic. And that's, I, but I, I think the likes of, as I said, the Jack Dawes, the Haswell Greens, Tara Rose, all them bars and all, they deserve a lot of credit because they stayed open. Like, Noel Donovan is up there on 58th Street beside Bloom, uh, Bloom's Tavern there, uh, but um, literally up there at Bloomingdale's random area like that people would pass going over on the bridge and all and it's kind of in around that street wouldn't be an area that you would think of going to like being a young person saying they're in the midtown area same thing stayed open through the whole thing Cormac and Cormac all these yeah. people you know in a pig and whistle I, I can't say enough about them purely because I didn't do the same thing I was like fuck this I'm out here I'm off to Newport <laughs> for four months but, and that's why I'm giving all these bars credit but they deserve yeah, they, they just, deserve yeah. to reek the benefits of what they have now and when you hear other people saying, Jay's, I know I'm not coming back up and running, it's not great at the moment. Not for nothing. You have to start again. Like, so on. Like, accept it. Before we came on, I was listening back to that uh, podcast we did with Cormac and Cormac, who owns Pig and Whistle. And I remember you just saying that some people just wanted to get back to work, even to break even was just enough, yeah. just something to do. I think that'll be the same for this year for a lot of bars still. Like, them bars I mentioned and some of the bars, like, the lads would be doing great and doing well. But, like, it's all relevant, too. Their landlord could be still looking for money. Yeah. We don't know what's coming in January and February. I personally think, I know it's a topic at the moment, especially for Irish people, about what's going on at home and South Africa and here and Biden and everything. I, uh, this will probably come back to bite me. I can't see us going backwards in New York. I just really can't. I just can't see. I can't imagine it. But we still don't know what's coming in January and February for a lot of lads. And we have a new mayor in January as well. Mayor Bill de Blasio yeah. is gone and uh, Eric Adams is coming in on the 1st of January. So yeah. I spoke to a cop yesterday, it was a good friend of mine who was in here actually, you know, but, and I was saying, oh, it'd be great to get rid of this mayor and this new mayor coming in. And he's like, uh, yeah, I don't think really the mayor is really the issue as such. As in, he says, I don't think the mayor's going to solve the problem. He says, it's more of a state problem, they feel. Like, you know, I mean, they're saying the bail laws are a big problem. Like, yeah. I never realised that type of thing. He says, Well, the, ba- the bail laws were, were more in the city. City council had yeah. given, g- given those ones and then they kind of, uh, they, they took some of them, they reined in some of them. But anyway, yeah. I just think that January and February for the bars and stuff like that. But there is certain neighbourhoods and pockets, like, and I'm not crying on behalf of myself here, but like a few other bar owners I'd know this side of the city, they really feel that like the east side of Midtown more so was really neglected in the sense of um, like even Times Square and stuff like that was kind of coming up and, you know, it just seems this side of over towards Grand Central, it was a lot of offices in this area. Yeah. They never got to come back as much, but that's... To me personally, just look at on with it. I'm happy to be open. So when you did know? you open the when what, when did you open the Westbury? You were supposed the, to open March 2020. When did you when literally did you open? exactly a year later? A the, year later, the, the day before Paddy's Day or that day even. And uh, so, did you get like did a lot of your customers from here? Yeah, totally. Go to yeah, the totally. First two days, like I don't mind admitting it now, like I had to keep the boards up in the window because I knew there was no chance the lads from the long haul coming in were going to social distance. <laughs> this is that ain't gonna happen. It ain't gonna happen. And they didn't. So we just we didn't officially open the windows then till probably the twentieth. 
you know, okay. thereabouts because I just knew that I'd be wasting my time asking them. Like, there's lads in there seeing each other for the first time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, they literally hadn't, you know, it's like I hadn't seen you till today, like yeah. that type of thing. Just that, there was that type of element. So we got that open. I know the long haul customers and they, they definitely kept the Westbury going up to now. But even in during the summer, I've seen a lot of customers, new customers from the area, offices that were coming back. But see, the offices are allowed to come in in pockets. Like they'll come in in little groups and stuff like that. They're never going to ring up now and say they're ringing from, from Google or someone like that and saying yeah. we have 150 people. They can't be seen to be doing that. Like, yeah, yeah. That's kind of seems to be what it is. But um, no, I'm looking forward to it. It'll be good. And how did business go with the Westbury? Did it just naturally pick up? Was it, did it improve? And, uh, no, definitely. The difference, honestly, even... Getting the name out there. The difference in October, November from, say, September and stuff like that. But like, we're still way off. Yeah. The city's still way off what it would be like, say, in a normal October, November, December. And we all know that. These are the, the bare months. Like, oh, yeah, these uh, are normally, York, you're normally summers waiting. are quiet. But time. even these Saturdays and Sundays now, it's supposed to be full of people in the city seeing the tree light. Yeah. This is generally people from upstate, I would class as tourists at this time of the year. They all come from upstate and come in to see the tree, do their shopping, and they'll head back up. Like, these are people that wouldn't come into Manhattan from one end of the year to the other. Like, yeah. But they'll come for this time of the year. But there's less and less, sorry, there's less and less of them, you know what I mean, coming in now. No, you see, with the long haul, it was kind of a progression. But the tourist, the 8th of November was definitely huge when the tourists started coming back. My cousin's a pilot there with uh, Aer Lingus, and literally from the 8th on, she's been called in twice, like, to do flights and everything, extra Mm -hmm. flights. They're overbooked every day coming in. And we've seen a good influx of that with Irish and English, which has been great in both places. It's... uh, it's kind of like we had the city for to ourselves the last 20 yeah. months. I was uh, walked up there a second ago and uh, people haven't been in the long haul before. It's right next to the Empire State Building. So it's not too bad of a location, no, John. Not, no. You can tell Tony that. No, in that sense, yeah. A huge line there. I was like, oh, I know, everyone's yeah. back. It's like, jeez, we could go yeah. into the Central Park all along the last couple of months, nice and quiet. And now I know, everyone's yeah. back. So I know, it <laughs> is kind of nice to be. It, yeah. is, it is selfish, but it is nice to be back. We need someone to hide the homeless, like, you know what I mean? So you get all the tourists geez, to hide yeah, the poor yeah. old. Poor old homeless and people around, like there's a lot. I've had people come back now, which I did find a bit interesting, or you're kind of a little bit cringing. There's a couple that come over every year from Kilkenny now, and they were here a few weeks ago. Of course, they're straight into me going on about the crime on the streets and how noticeable it is and that. And I'm like, I'm trying to defend it and saying there's no offices, there's no tourists to hide it. It was always there, but it's not, it wasn't, there's a, like, there's a lot of mentally ill people walking around. I remember early doors of the, the pandemic, you'd come into the city yeah, so yeah. quiet and all you could see was homeless yeah. people and it was yeah. just... But you've seen people yeah. that were more just disturbed. Like, yeah. You'd hear a random fella walking in the road shouting at the top of his voice. Yeah, yeah. I remember that across the road there in 24. Yeah. Was it all, like, for me, I've been here three years. I've always seen those people here like yeah. 10, 15 years ago. Would you get that many people? Is it noticeably different were, to you? I think you did a lot of homeless before, but they just look like... I don't remember, recall, ever... And I know I didn't. I never seen people injecting on the streets in 20 years I was here till the pandemic. Mm. They just didn't. I don't care what anyone tells me. 34th Street and Park Avenue. I told this in the podcast before. Yeah. I was walking down and there's a guy sticking a needle in the cheeks of his arse. Yeah. And the two cops are in. I shot him in the distance. But sure, what can the cops yeah. do about it? Now, was it just perfect storm with everyone? We all know without getting into the politics of it, there's a lot going on. Like to, against the mayor, Trump was in then. There was all this going on. But listen, still New York is still great. The sanitation to me is more of an issue at the moment. They seem to be having a bit of a standoff with the mayor as well. And there seems to be stuff on. The streets have never been this dirty. And I know people come over on holidays and they'd be going, oh, I just can't get over how dirty the streets are. You know what? Manhattan's 11 miles long, three miles wide. 
with about 11 million people in it only every day, you know, wouldn't be the easiest place to keep clean anyway. Yeah, yeah. And it's windy and everything exactly. gets blown over. It doesn't take much, like, yeah. you know what I mean? And uh, you, see a lot of, you see a lot of people coming on and adding to that themselves, just throwing garbage out their windows yeah. and all. That is, a, that is a thing, like. But uh, I, I, no, I definitely think it's getting better. And listen, I have full faith now. I wouldn't be running and leaving New York in any shape or form. Yeah, I, there's yeah. no choice. I can't anyway, yeah. but I wouldn't. Yeah. But it's still great, but you can't hide the fact that the you know, crime has just gone, oh, definitely. gone way up. Listen, like, yeah. I'm not doing many favours telling this in the podcast, but we've got to be full transparency. It was like a shooting outside the West yeah. like, like three weeks ago on a Tuesday night, like four doors up. Like and these lads wait for these other lads outside yeah. the studio and they shot them on the street. Like, like lads, this is 38th Street, just off Fifth Avenue. The Amazon headquarters, like two doors away. Yeah. <laughs> so there definitely is an issue yeah. but that same cop I spoke to about that and he's a friend of ours like and he said that's 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 the problem at the moment like you know with the gun laws and everything and lads aren't getting kept in jail he said we bring lads and go arrest them he said and they're let out in bail straight away he says so it defeats the purpose of a lot of what's going on so again without getting into that whole end of it that is worrying that was on a Tuesday night in you know middle of November if that had been two nights earlier on a Saturday or Sunday night, you could have easily had tourists sitting outside the hotel. Yeah, Johnny and I'd cover um, plenty of crime there with the, my own job at Queen, the Queen's Post and the, right. the, the local crime. And you're like, you, every Monday you'd sit down and you'd get a couple of the shootings that would come in. And like, you wouldn't take much notice of it, honestly, because you think it's, it's, it is gangs. Like, But then there was about a, earlier on this year, there was like a, gangbanger shooting and this woman walking down the road and 35 year old Mexican woman um, two kids just like only here like uh, 10 years and crossfire hit caught her on the head killed stone then up by the woodside houses there so like it's like what, what like was I don't like the crime's gone up but you kind of just get on with it but at the same time you know it is like you get caught in this tricky situation yeah the big factor the one thing I noticed the difference in, in the period I'm here is it's definitely just spread into certain areas that would have never been in now, that doesn't mean it's right where it was going yeah. on before, but it was in them certain areas, yeah. in them certain neighbourhoods that it always went on them. Yeah. But when these lads are just blatantly coming into the middle of midtown Manhattan and shooting three other lads, the lads have been in a recording studio and they put it up on their Instagram story. So the boys come in and knew where they were and they followed them in. And, and this nearly makes it worse. The cops knew and followed them in. And the cops were waiting for them to do it. Like, so the cops caught them straight away, like... So that's the Westbury on 38th Street, if yeah, you ever want to. Yeah, Tuesday nights. <laughs> Shots are free. <laughs> <laughs> so, Johnny, we'll get back to the two bars now, Westbury in the long haul. Like, you're, you're kind of, like, you're, you're splitting between the two bars now. Is it, uh, how tricky is that going to be for you to manage both bars and to try to fill them up with going on in the next couple of months? Ask Cahill. Poor old Cahill's running around like a madman. Uh, we're just finding our feet. Yeah. And a genuine to go back on it. If you get the right staff and you've good staff in it, you don't really have that much of a problem. Some lads like to over-egg it and make it out that it's a big deal and all, or it's a big, it's a hard job and that and all. It is. It's hard work. Cottle probably does all the back of house stuff and does all that kind of stuff. But you're, you know, you just hopefully you're putting out a good product, and your good product is basically your bar, your bar staff, and that's like your waiters, your waitresses, waiters, and your barmen. That's realistically who does the grafting, in my yeah. opinion. I. You can build the most beautiful bar, the nicest grocery, the nicest GA pictures, put up all the... To use bad language, if you have a dickhead behind the bar, it's all irrelevant. Yeah. So 
it is it definitely is like I'm obviously very good friends with Marker and that and the lads uh, the five and six places and I used to be like Jesus five and six joined the difference in having one and having two is obviously listen I've one child now and you love the Irish people that you meet oh sure one's nothing <laughs> oh well you have two like you know what I mean for fuck's sake the heroes with two kids like you know and I'm sure then there's the hero that has three. Oh, sure, two. That's not a big deal. I've won. She's won. Where'd you get the third? Bars are a bit the same. You've three babies now. Yeah, exactly. But bars are a little bit the same. It is kind of all of a sudden you're like, shit, now you have to worry about this one. You have to worry about that one. But like, again, kitchen is my problem. I had a guy walk out with me last week because I gave out to him. And listen, anyone that knows me, I, I am a hothead. But I literally have had this fella six years with me. And he was an hour and 20 minutes late. And two lads walked out over there because he wasn't there they were waiting for the breakfast and they had to be somewhere so I just lost the head I called him and I lost the head in him but he walked out and I'm disgusted with it more so because of A because I've known him for so long how good I've been to him and that's personal stuff but you walk out in the middle of service that's just too yeah. unforgivable in my opinion but here's the thing now and I'm telling you this story he's texted yesterday he texted one of the other cooks and he said is Johnny still angry and the other cook just said, well, what do you think? Like, but I'm in a predicament here. I don't want him back because he walked out in the middle of service, but I have no other choice but bring him back at some point. We, not, we don't have the luxury. But I actually put it on the other cooks. I said, if you want him back, we'll hire him. But if you don't, we won't. The lads are just looking at me laughing. Because he's, you know, he comes yeah. with his own baggage. But he is very good. And again, you can't get anybody. But that's, mm. the, that's, that's the dilemma we're in right now. And this guy yesterday with the construction, the exact same thing. Mm. He had people demanding money. The thing I worry about, and I know a few people like this, and you know them yourself with personalities of certain people, is there's employers out there at the moment in bars and in construction and all that it's in their nature to try to take care of their staff and it's to take care of their people. But that could be detrimental to their business. This is a situation where you might have to realise... This is not doable. And he, me and that construction guy had that conversation yesterday that there is construction guys out there that are trying everything to keep their stuff. But it's the double-edged sword, like this inflation. Like, you can't get any materials in construction, whether it be steel, everything. Like, we, we're, struggling to get, we're struggling to get whiskey at the moment and certain Jeez. brands of whiskey because glass is becoming an issue. Like, Jameson is getting hard to get and different things like that. Casamigos, you can't get Casamigos now unless you're buying it in a liquor mm. store. It's very hard to get from the oaks. It just, it just can't get it. But then you turn around, then you have a guy then looking at you and asking you for like 25 an hour. Yeah. And a <clears> box of spuds has gone from $22 up to $43 in Jesus. a space of a week. That happened three weeks ago. Doubled so It doubled head. overnight. Don't start me off in avocados like. <laughs> All them Brooklyn heads with their fucking avocados. <laughs> the no. butter would be grand. Oh, fuck's it. But genuinely, like... All them things, and everyone, anyone that be listening that's in the industry will tell you, there's nothing that has not gone up yeah. in the food industry. You are genuinely at a position now where you are actually, I guarantee there's bars out there that now are genuinely considering getting rid of food. They have to be. They have to be considering it. But wasn't food... Food was food. never you, was ne was never like the, you're like the ultimate breadwinner in America. You'd make the money You needed the it. You could do an amazing amount of food. Okay. But even your percentages on it... Some bars probably know more than I do about this that are more food-orientated. But there would have been a lot of margins in it because the, the risk of, of waste and everything, yeah, and yeah. a steak, all them cost factors. That's why I wouldn't be a fan of like a, 
Grubhub or you know all them things. It also takes the customer to complain about that. Grubhub will charge you for it and they'll credit him for it. Yeah. You lose that twenty dollar dish that night, like your profit could be gone on that because you're already giving like ten, fifteen percent to Grubhub. Yeah. You know. So now the cost of it's gone up. Now you've the guy cooking at once twenty five an hour, and then you're thinking, are they going to shut the city down? <laughs> you know? There's still some bars that I walk by, and I'm sure there's people that look at them. That are still closed. Yeah, yeah, I've seen plenty of them. Yeah. And there's one in particular, and I wasn't calling it out of interest in taking it over, but I know the owner of the building. And I texted him and I said, What's the story with that bar? And he says, No, no, they're coming back. But in my head, I was like, If they're not open now, what yeah. is their plan? But you know what? Maybe they're right. I don't know. It's the fact that the landlord can't get anyone else. Maybe there. they got government money and they just yeah. said, You know what? We'll sit this out and we'll pay them till whenever. Tell me about that PPP money that you got. Has that dried up now for you or? And, and when you got it for the bear, I hope the two not. I'm paying for Jack's school over. <laughs> <laughs> PP money, I'm wearing it. Looks <laughs> oh, oh, listen, the PPP is great. I was with a friend of mine downtown recently. We were in a really well known bar, and I met this bar, the, the guy that owns this bar for the first time, and my friend introduced me to him. And my friend that doesn't live here, and he said, uh, he mentioned PPP to, to the other owner. He said, Oh, Johnny loves the. Uh, Johnny. Johnny loves the PPP thing, you know? And this guy says, sure, I'm going to have to buy a boat and I'm after calling a PPP. <laughs> you got that at the start of the pandemic, was yeah. it? Like a- so you had two different PPPs. So the first PPP came in and it was very much wage orientated. So 60% of it had to go to wages. Now, personally, you can't knock America I like for what they've done, in my opinion. They're amazing. Were they too quick and were they too amazing? Probably. But like, where could you knock them for that? So I think where the mistake, real quickly, what I think it is, they gave, they gave us too much in the dole, and then they gave us PPP money. So as a business owner, now I have, I have PPP money, and I've staffed that are getting 1100 on the dole. But to activate that PPP money, I'm supposed to take him off the dole, bring him back. But then the bars weren't opening. Yeah. So it was a horrible. The first one was a bit of a disaster loan. So we had to use all that, try to get it for We've been fortunate enough now, Cottle has been now, to be fair to Cottle, Cottle's been fucking worked his arse off to get that one forgiven. So we got the first one forgiven. The second one they brought out then a year later or something like that was much more, the first one, sorry, was 70, 60% that ended up being, 60% had to be on wages, the other 40% had to be on utilities and bills. But i.e., that could only be like Con Edison and some of the other okay. major ones like Time Warner and stuff like your Spectrum or whatever it is. The second one come out, I think it was like 50 or 60% again was on wages, but you could use the other 40% for anything through the bar, which was great because anyone out there that's in the bars knows that with the minute they opened the bar, the amount of stuff that was wrong in the bar, like all the drains, all these other things, all this stuff, you had problems across the board. So you had to go and pay for it, and you had no money, like, and you don't know what's coming. So that one came. That one is good. Now, if my maths are right on this, most people's second PPP loan is running out now in the next two or three weeks. So this is my point about January and February. January and February could be very interesting for some bars because if you've had a rough year, you've burned through the PPP loan come now by about 16th of December, like next week, in the next two weeks. Okay, yeah. And if this Christmas hit isn't what you expected it to be, you could see lads now probably looking at January and February and going, I'm out. That's my prediction that there could be. And I think I said that with Cormac before, January, yeah. February, March. Now, hopefully they won't. They'll stick yeah. up. But them bars I'm talking about that are closed, I, 
each to their own and I stayed close for long enough but I don't, what's their game plan I'd love to know I, and I hope they have a good one and they know something I don't and maybe they're right like mm. I'm talking about staff here they couldn't get staff they couldn't get anything the minute you open mm. that's when you start losing the money mm. but if you have a deal with your landlord and you're close and then there was the grant now the grant doesn't seem to have hit a lot of people didn't seem to get the grant I don't know the I don't know what, what happened with the grant if, if anyone doesn't really know it was it was lawless it was actually disgraceful what was done they basically brought out the start of it and it was for minorities and women owned businesses first they were all allowed to apply for the first four to six weeks so we weren't allowed to apply yeah. so I do know some bars in the city that got it and a couple of them I know lads personally in them and they said they're just fortunate that the business was in the wife's name and that's how they Jeez. got it yeah. yeah and then I two or two only two or three other guys I know that got it and they were just fortunate enough to get it if you got one of them that's a bit of a lottery ticket that's amazing because basically they gave you a grant that based on your gross figure for 2019 so let's just we'll I say for argument's sake you we'll use a million dollars you made a million in 2019 gross whatever you did for the January and February so let's say you did 150 grand a month without keeping it in that ballpark say even less say yeah 100 grand a month January and February of 20 before the pandemic they take that off so then you're down to 800,000 and the two PPP loans you got if you were doing them kind of numbers and your bar was that kind of size you probably got 250 grand in the two PPP loans like 100 and 150 let's say so you're with me now, you're down to 800, and then you take off that other 250. You're down to whatever, 550 then. They gave you that figure. They gave you 550,000 to use in any shape or form that you want as a loan. And if you have receipts for 550 by the end of 22, start of 23, that is forgiven. Now... I love America. So what lads. private school is Jack going to again? Honest to God. He's not even going to school. He's going straight into the bar business. <laughs> Honestly, for bars oh, that got yeah. that. But you could do cartwheels if you got that all, all you like. You're going to need that. You don't know what's coming. Yeah. And before we get excited about that number, landlords knew it was coming. So in some of my friends' bars, the landlords set around waiting for that money so when lads were saying oh, the landlord's been good he's not coming near me landlord knew it was coming so he waited and he waited and the deadline came because it happened to me at the Westbury and the landlord came to me did you get that grant I says I bought this place in Christmas 19 I don't qualify for the grant but he wasn't he just wasn't registering yeah. with him and he's like How do you? I said that's done on 2019 numbers I yeah, couldn't yeah, yeah. physically yeah. get it but I put in your man's numbers from the Australian. I put it into the system to see what it would have been. If the guy from the Australian had a kepa, he would have been entitled to 1.3. So the Australian was the name of the Westby before yeah, he took before it over. Yeah, before we bought it, yeah. yeah. So again, I don't know that many bars that got it. Spoke okay. to a couple of lads last week. They're, they don't think we're ever going to get it. I personally think that that still could come around for us yeah. because you can't discriminate like that and not give it to the other people. But the other thing about it is, and something like you hit on earlier on about the Irish vintners, why are they not giving out about it? There doesn't seem to be too... No, we're not giving out... There's not people giving out about it. I've called a lawyer a few times about it, and he says, oh, yeah, they're trying to kick up stink about it, but maybe it'll come around again. I don't know. 
yeah, I don't know. I was saying there's no pushback, but when they're getting... Yeah, but when they're getting things, money at home, yeah. and they're getting, maybe that's why there's not pushback. But here, there's lads sitting there. I still know there's lads that are banking on that money coming. If that money doesn't come, they're, they're done. They're oh, going to have to walk away because their landlords put it in. I, my landlord in the Westbury put it in. I put it in all you like because I can't get it, but I just to keep him peace of mind. If I ever get that government money, he wants his 40% of it or something like that. Okay. I, but, like, I've heard some bartender, bar owner saying to me, he said, oh, yeah, the landlord's looking for his portion of it. Oh, yeah. And I was like, why wouldn't you give it to him? Yeah. It's not yours. You're getting it for free. Did, did they ever get any kind of... Uh... No. They got, to my knowledge, now maybe I could be corrected on this, they, they, their mortgage got frozen for six months or it got deferred yeah, for six months. So it got kicked on to the end. Now, when you were negotiating with your landlord, like, that had to come into play because a lot of landlords are, oh, well, I'm owed this. And you're going, yeah, but that got deferred for you. So why don't you add on six more months onto the end of my lease and I'll give it to you then? Which I can see the landlords, yeah, but in the short term. But to my, and I'd be on the landlord side on a lot of this stuff. They did nothing for the landlord. Why doesn't he get a, Mm. why didn't he get a corporate tax break? Why didn't he get something? Like a lot of lads out there, their landlords were good to them and they said, don't pay the rent, but still pay the taxes. Mm. Why did it have to pay in New Jersey? They didn't have to pay it. They didn't mm. have to pay it in Connecticut. But in New York, they never gave the, the landlords a, a tax break. So that, that added the strain. That's why there's relationships with landlords and tenants now. Yeah. You're done with some of them. Like. And I see there's residential landlords as well. There could be small-time residential landlords, and they didn't get any break, and then people aren't paying their rent because... Oh, don't get me started on that. Yeah. That's disgusting. Yeah. You were getting 1100 here a week on the dole. Yeah. And then you just chose to stop paying your landlord. Yeah, our landlord in Sunnyside before we met, moved that time, I think three or four of us, there was like six apartments she had and we always paid and she said she was, she's um, uh, she from? Poland originally, like she's a very nice woman, but that's, that's her investment. That's that, it. That, that, that semi-detached Same as my building. landlord. He lives in the building. Like, he's up there and he's working and yeah. he won't pay him because the government said, yeah. and that was six months in and yeah. she was, she was, she was just that was her income like and Listen, she was broken hearted I get this I no was, eviction thing well, I could have pulled that stunt as well like, I, I don't get know how it. people can do it I get the whole thing where they're doing the no eviction yeah. thing that was a disaster for the yeah, landlords yeah, yeah, yeah. but the problem is we'll all pay for that we'll because the next guy that comes in when we took That's over the long haul in 2015 the previous guy in here was paying nearly 10,000 a month rent we come in six months after him and we start paying 21 and I said to your man, how did it jump so high? And he's, oh, that's the market price at the moment. Yeah. He's not. He's trying to make up the money he lost on your man. So you, the other people pay yeah, for the sins yeah. of these people. What was, what was the long haul before you moved in here? Oh, fucking disaster. <laughs> Jesus, <laughs> <lads>. so <laughs> I won't name the was guy. Was it a bear, was it? I won't name the guy, but a good friend of mine that said to me, that goes to an AA meeting not far from here, said to me, he says, Johnny, did you see that bar? I stuck my head in that bar that you're after buying you and the lads. He said, when I was hiding from you is when I was on the drink, I wouldn't have even hidden. <laughs> That's how bad that place is. I can't tell you how bad it was. I like a dive bar. This wasn't a dive bar. Zagat have a book for dive bars. They should have had a bar for shitholes. <laughs> I was awful. It was awful. What was it called? What was, it? was it two stories as well? Or like no, up, or the day we came to look at it. Floor here. The day we came to look at it, there was a girl living up here on the sly. Jesus. Genuinely. They used to play illegal card games up here. Where me and you were sitting here was a little kitchen. And right here, there was a little monitor was there a where they, they, they had a camera on the door <laughs> and they were watching the door. So a customer came in, it was about a year open and this fellow used to come in the whole time, real flash guy in real estate, really nice lad. And I got chatting to him one day and he told me, he says, uh, I was in there one night when they were raiding the building, he said, for other goings on in the building. And he says, uh, we were all sitting in here playing cards. And he says, and we were all sitting here. They used to play illegal card games up here. 
So I'm bringing all them things back, lads. You know, <laughs> as soon as I get that grant money, I've seen the pictures. But I think people might be wanting to know what what it was before. What, what was the call, Johnny? And I remember you telling me that you pumped, you did a lot of money, you yeah, pumped yeah. a lot of money into uh, oh, yeah. getting it set up originally. So yeah. Just give us a little bit of a history. Oh, genuinely, like a little bit of history on the long haul. There's a long haul in Dublin that you kind yeah. of yeah. There's a long haul in Dublin that my friends more so than me had a great affiliation with. One of my, my friend of mine, Tony Robinson, that passed away. Tony and his wife Marion, his kids and I'd be very good friends, but they would have hung out in it a lot. And I used to be always listening to them talk about it. So when I'd go home, I'd go into it and I loved it and I loved the look of it. Yeah. It's like 260 years old or something like that. It's, it's on Great Georgia Street and it's just one of those old heritage spots. Mm. And uh, I just loved going into it, just loved everything about it. And it still is, it's a class place, but it's a, yeah, the long haul was actually the name. Everyone assumes it's the long hall because it's the bar. But yeah. there used to be a hallway to the side of it. And the okay. women would sit in the hallway. And the men would get pints. They weren't allowed in, was it? No, the women weren't allowed into the bar. So they'd pass out the, the drink out to the women oh, in the hallway. Fuck. So I'm trying to get the hallway downstairs here now on the right and try to get that going. <laughs> but I don't think it's... I, but but uh, yeah, and that was it. And then it was when we came in and we looked at it. And it was me and one of the two of the other guys we were looking at, and I was like, the long haul name. And then, and that's why, yeah. for anyone who's been to long haul in Dublin, the clock downstairs that we have, like that little separation with the clock, that's nearly a little bit of homage to it. Yeah. But what they have a ho- in, the, in the one in Dublin, it's like an oversized mantelpiece clock. So imagine a oh, mantelpiece yeah, okay. clock now, but they have a huge one of them. But trying yeah. to recreate that would have been a disaster. So we came and looked at it. There was a bar here called the Murray Bar. The guy had promised the landlord sun, moon, and stars. He never did anything. And they, these are things that end up affecting you then. Like, you think nothing of that. But your man promised the landlord he'd do this, he'd do that, and do this. He did nothing. Stopped paying rent after three or four months, ran it into the ground. So then we come to the table with him. We've no affiliation with that guy. We're not even the same nationality as that guy. But your man's scarred from it. And the things we agreed to do with the landlord, you would never agree to. They're just little things without getting into them. Just little things with how you pay rent, your bank account, direct debits, all this kind of stuff, leases, loads of different things you would have never agreed to. And uh, the landlord walked in one day and we had literally tore the whole building apart. We were reinforcing the roof, reinforcing everything. And he's an old Chinese man. He'd be Tony's father. Like, and I could see him just looking, smiling on his face. Because we've now brought up yeah. the value of his building. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So to be fair to him, not that Tony be listening to this, he, but we've a great relationship since okay. then because he's seen what we've done. And anytime I have problems in the bar there, me or Cotton find anything or whatever, anything's doing, we get it fixed ourselves. And if, there's, if, it's, if, it's, you know, if it's expensive or if it's you know, a lot of stuff, we let them know. If it's something minor, we just do it. Now, I'll still tell him I fixed it, but I don't go looking for the money off him sometimes because he has been very good to me in other things. Like in comparison to other lads with the pandemic, I can see how a lot of my friends were really stressed out because of the relationship they had with the landlord. Like, you think about it. If you were sitting there in the middle of last summer and you have a lad demanding like 50, 60 grand a month off you and I don't care about pandemic... Mm. And that happened to friends of mine. That's, that's stress. Yeah. I never had that in either bar. I didn't have that situation. So yeah. hence the reason why I have a six-month-year-old now and I was in Newport for four <laughs> months because I just genuinely didn't have yeah. that stress from either landlord. But I was just lucky. So when you moved in, it was yourself, Kyle, and... Is Myself, Kyle, and Jerry McAdee, yeah. Jerry's since gone out now, since we got in. Jerry, to be fair to Jerry, Jerry was in the construction, in construction business. construction, yeah. And Jerry was with us all the way through getting the deal done to re-sign here. And uh, Jerry just opted out at the end. And it was all done amicably. It was all fine. We're okay. all good friends. And uh, I could see it. I could see why. I, to be fair, and Jerry wouldn't mind me saying this, 
I said to Jerry three or four times, if you want out, I don't blame you. And Jerry's like, no, no, I don't really want out. I want to help. I want to stay in. I want to stay in. But like... So was yourself, oh. Cahill had... Do you want to, were you 25 and Jerry had 50? Was no, it no, we were three ways. Oh, three ways. It was three ways with the All three right. of us. And then Jerry just said, lads, look, I, I'll, I'll walk away. I just want out. And he says, we'll come up with a deal and to get me out. And right, he's, But to be fair to Jerry, I think Jerry was worried that him pulling out would have jeopardised the thing going forward. Yeah. And it never would have. Tony, yeah. was, that was never going to happen. And to be fair, I'm glad because friendships are more important mm. and they genuinely are like more so me and Jerry have been friends for like I've been friends with Jerry for 15 years like and I'd still class Jerry as one of my better friends like you know what I mean Jerry was very Jerry built this place you know this is Jerry me and Cottle mm. regardless of whose name is on yeah, the lease yeah. now it's still me Jerry and Cottle's like you know what I mean so in that sense that's how I would look at it and Jerry was very and Jerry was equally very helpful with us getting to Westbury you know what I mean like Jerry was never really on the kind of was in and out at the start but uh we probably wouldn't have got to do long haul but for Jerry either. So All right, okay. Yeah, Jerry was a huge help with us getting the long haul again. You and know? you're D- Dublin, obviously, Johnny. Cahill's Sligo, Sligo yeah, and yeah. Jerry's from... Jerry's Monaghan, yeah. Monaghan. Yeah. Okay. All his pictures got moved down to the toilets, Jerry, <laughs> just in case you're in here, if you're looking for them, they're down to the toilets. And what did you pack the pump into the, the place initially to... Oh, too much. Yeah, too much in the sense you learn. Oh, we spent like nearly 1.5 in here, one point something anyway. But just for anyone that'll be listening and stuff like because there was the lads asking me now, you get a lot of young lads asking you, and to be fair, I remember Jerry saying this across the road. We sat across the road, myself, Jerry, and there was another guy involved originally around the time it was Cottle and this other guy, but this other friend of ours just opted out at the time. But I'll never forget, when we were sitting across the road, there's a Dunkin' Donuts across the road for anyone that doesn't know it. And I remember uh, the other guy saying, well, how much are we talking here to get this going? And Jerry just goes, a million. <laughs> and I remember the way he said it. And the other fellow's was like, what? And Jerry just goes, well, there's a hundred grand that's literally unavoidable that you will not even see the benefits of. And I remember sitting there and he was so right. Like you'll pay lawyer fees. You'll oh, pay right, okay. five or six grand for a license. You'll pay an hour. You'll pay. You have to pay your lawyer to do your signing on fee. Like if you're buying a bar off someone, you're whatever you've given him key money, but if there's no key money and you're just buying a bar, a new shell of a bar, Jerry's right. Between 50 and a hundred grand there is unavoidable. Because I'd hear lads saying, you go in, you get a bar open for like three or four hundred. Okay, maybe you will. But there's 150 of it. There's a hundred yeah. of it that's gone. That's just lawyer fees, little things here and there. Then you have your health department stuff. You have your, there's loads of little things that you just don't see, which I'm sure other people in other business know as well. Like, you know, yeah, like stuff like that. Is so, so it's unavoidable. You're going to spend serious money on that. But then you wind up, you learn your lesson. Like if any young lads are out there and they want to get a bar, my advice to you would be location is super important. In one way. But generally, you're going to make the location. If yous are good, you look at the factory down there in Third Avenue and Tower Rose and bars like that. There was other people in there before all them lads in both of them bars that didn't do that well. And that doesn't mean that they failed or yeah. whatever. But they just whatever their concept was. And both of them bars and the ones I mentioned earlier. Like, what's a great location? Like, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, oh... I, I, Annie Moores is up there in 41st Street. He's right beside Grand Central. He's right outside yeah. PwC. Yeah, of course it's a great location because there's a building across the road with 2,500 people in it. Yeah. But like the Corner Bistro is on West Fort and Jane too and the bar's nearly 100 years old yeah. and people flock to it for a cheeseburger. I don't think there is 
that's one thing we noticed when we came here. Um, like location isn't everything, but the bars are so spread out that you. Yeah, just but that's go why New a York's a disaster yeah, to, to arrive into as a tourist. Yeah, you can't. New York's amazing to go yeah. out with. <laughs> like as my friends of mine that come over here regularly said to me, she says, "Yeah, but you're in New York. You're constantly chasing it, unless yeah. you know where you're going. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like you could you could spend more time in an Uber in New York than you can in a bar. Like." Yeah. You, you, like, you can't just do a crawl like a Galway yeah. or a Cork. And I well, that's remember, why I think Dublin yeah. is genuinely one of the best yeah. cities in Europe. Because you could say to jump a tourist, go to, no offence now, go to the south side of the Liffey yeah. and jump out of this street and just walk. Yeah. Yeah. And you won't go wrong. Because it's small, it's compact. But you are right. Everyone arrives in New York. Where's the strip? With the exception of maybe where Ulysses is. Oh, down yeah, on Water yeah, Street yeah, and all around there. Yeah, That's yeah. a great little area. Yeah. Like, they are an amazing bars. Like, them lads open them bars, like, just around 9-11. Like, you know, and it's just, like, like Mike Jewell and Danny and that. When they opened it down there, 9-11 had just happened, and nobody was down there. But now I love saying, if you send tourists down there, and tourists, if anyone at home listening to this, that's, please go to them areas. Go downtown. Go to the East Village. Go West Village. Go downtown. That's where the younger generation are great. And to be fair, actually... That's where the bloggers are great. I remember Louise Cooney who was saying that to us, Louise who'd been on here with us, yeah. that she'd had people thanking her for, because they recommended places to go that before this, people just... And it's no offence to the bars in Times Square. My friends are bars in Times Square. But it was these Irish generic bars with Irish names on them. And You'd go in and it's just They'd just go in, they're bar. in Times Square, they go in and, they're, and there's nothing wrong with it. Them bars will always do amazing. They're in great, they're yeah. great locations for the tourists. You go down to where uh, Ulysses is there and all them bars along that street, you know what I mean? Stone Street Tavern, all that. And then you have the Dead Rabbit around the corner. You have Francis Tavern, oldest bar in America. Well, I don't know how many oldest bars there is in America. There's definitely three or four of them claim it, but I think Francis is one of them. Whitehorse and Newport and McSorley's and all these places. But, like, none of these are in the tourist areas. So get a bar. Don't worry about the location because if you guys are good workers, you'll do it. But my one advice would be that I learned, and you can see the difference when we got to Westview, get an existing bar. Get a bar that someone else is walking away from. The less work you have to do as regards toilets and mm. beer tap, don't get involved in plumbing. Don't get involved in all that crap. Like, we literally got this place and started. This, people keep saying, was it a bar? I, I can't say yeah because it was so bad. Yeah. We literally used nothing that they did as regards their bar. Even the kitchen. The kitchen was actually decent, but we had to redo the whole floor in the kitchen. We had to redo everything in the kitchen. We put in all new bathrooms. We put in all them individual bathrooms downstairs. So it's just little things like that. Don't go changing them because you know what? Especially since the pandemic as well. Customers are amazing. They literally don't care about some of the little stuff. They just are happy you're open. Give them a good point and have a good crack with them. Remember you telling me there was someone looking to open a bar next door to you before and you were... Yeah. You were saying you're delighted because oh, I was, yeah. Because it would just a fella said to me, he said, Jesus, I heard such and such is looking on your street there. I said, Who? Great. Yeah. Get him over. It's like us with the long hallway with the Westbury over the, there. Blackguards, the Mickey yeah. and I are just two doors down from us. And I'd meet Mickey during the pandemic the whole time. I said, Mickey, when are you opening? And he's like, Oh, I don't know. I wanted Mickey to open. Because people will come to one totally. and they'll go to the other. They die in than, isolation. Yeah. yeah. I think I probably said this before in the podcast. Yeah, yeah. Two of the best bars in New York when I moved here were right next door to each other. And the two, they were two of the best bars because each one was beside each other. Mm. And it was like Scruffy Duffy's and Kevin St. James. And they were on the 8th Avenue across from where the Mean Fiddler is now. Yeah. And Macker would tell you that the, they built the Mean Fiddler based on them two bars being across the street. So they closed down about six months after Macker and Michael and Pat opened the Mean Fiddler. But because the two bars were right next door to each other. 
Cahill wouldn't mind me telling this, but Cahill famously would have a tab going on both of them at the one time. Cahill would be hopping in between the bar seats or any action in each bar. And we'd often be leaving scruffies and going to get in a cab. And Cahill would say, I've got to run in here and close out a tab. It's true. Cahill would tell Jeez. you that. He had a tab about going in both places. But they'd like, that's why Ulysses, Stone Street Tavern, the Dublin, or I think that's where they all are, but I can't think of the other names, but they're all on that one street. Mm. And when you go down, they have communal tables between all the bars. Oh, right, okay. And it's just a cobblestone tree. Have you been there, no? No. You're serious? No. Michael, go down there. Love it. Go to, on a Sunday. So they have communal tables between all the bars on just one, this one cobblestone tree. And I think there's four bars on one side and oh, three right, okay. on the other side and a taco place. Yeah. And then you can sit on any tables and they come out and they use it. And they have entrance either side of them. Dead rabbits around the corner. I think I haven't scratched the surface. No, but that's what's great New about New York. Yeah. I'm 20 years here yeah. and I do stuff now that I would have never done. Yeah. There's one of the Limerick hurlers here at the moment and I was chatting to him. He's, he was in here the other day and I asked him what was he up to during the week. And I said to him, you're going to go to basketball. And he said, I was at the basketball last week, Johnny. I'm going to go to basketball tomorrow. I'm going to the Rockets. He was going to the Rockets oh, that yeah, night. Yeah. And he's going to the Lion King now on Thursday. And I said, that's great. You're going to do more in one week than I've done in 20 years. I've been to one Broadway show. I've never been to the Rockets. I've definitely been to a lot of sporting events. But like, there you go. So it just, yeah. that's what's great about New York. You know, oh, what was your concept going into the long haul uh, in the type of bar you wanted to turn it into and has it turned into in, into the, your initial concept or did it kind of evolve as you went on? Uh, yeah, good question. Kind I would say, no, I'd say it is, uh, yeah, it has kind of what I wanted it to be and it kind of has evolved a bit but the GEA has been a massive factor through it but to be fair, that was what me, Kotlin, Jerry pushed a lot. That was a big factor. The three of us kind of were on the boat, uh, on the same, you know, on the same page as regards pushing that with GEA teams and when the lads had come out, you know, try to get them into the bar, take care of them, yeah. you know, and provide for that. Have the, have the lads on the wall. Little things like that. But it's that you wouldn't see in another, like you might have yeah. it in a bar in Ireland, but you wouldn't have it in a well, bar in Well, I'll tell you a good compliment to, and I don't mind name dropping on it, but the two Johnnies were here the other day doing a music video and Johnny Smacks, obviously he's fucking appeasing to me as well, but like Johnny Smacks was literally saying it to me. You don't see bars like this in Ireland even anymore. Yeah, yeah. And they just loved it because it's all the pictures and old pictures and stuff. But, like, we go away from it sometimes. Like, you go to Ireland now and you go into a bar, and to me that's more of an Americanized bar. Yeah. And they're lounges and they're cool and that's great. And they're always evolving at home. And that's fine. I get that. But the palaces of the world, you know what I mean, and the, the Kyo's and all these old school bars and stuff... They'll always be there. Yeah. The long halls with the carpet on the floor, they'll still be there. Like, you yeah. know what I mean? Like for use of Reardon's and these places and all these cool bars. To me, they're cool bars. Uh, like I remember a fella saying to me there a few years ago when he put neon lights into his bar and he'd all this. And this is fine. Don't get me wrong. But to me, it wasn't. I didn't like it. And he turned around and I says, oh, you did the neon light. I was trying to have a little dig. And he goes, that's the way it's going now, Johnny. You know, neon lights, yeah. you know, people are going away from the wood. I just couldn't even answer him. People are going away from the wood in bars. If you're listening to it, fuck off. But genuinely, we put it in. My thing is, I don't like TVs behind a bar. I'm not knocking bars to have them, yeah, but yeah. I don't like them. Because to me, they're a conversation killer. If you and I are sitting at the bar counter, which is where the majority of people want to sit, especially in America, and in Irish people, we love sitting at bar counters. I don't need a TV up there with ESPN on repeat at 12 o'clock yeah. at night, right? So bars came first, TVs came second. So put the TV 
in a little awkward position. And I get criticised for this downstairs. And I actually enjoy getting criticised for it. And lads are like, fuck's sake, Johnny, why don't you have a TV right there because you're trying to watch the game? That game's going to be over in 90 minutes, buddy. The bar's going to be open for the other six yeah. and a half days of the week. You know what I mean? Put, I, put yeah. it up in the corner. I agree. I find myself, I, I don't even watch any of the American sports baseball or something. And if yeah. I was in a bar with Laura, I'm just... Of course. I'm just drawn to it and I'm not even listening to it. And, and it's like, a ruin. What am I looking at? Like, it's ruined. It's just it's you're brutal. ruining the experience of being Like in all the bar. bars I mentioned there and stuff like that, but my biggest, the one bars that I'd be probably the biggest fan of as a collective, as a amount of bars, is a, a bunch of bars that are owned by uh, Mark Gibbo and Rory from Cork. Sorry, Rory, I don't know Rory's surname. But Rory and Cork and they have a third partner, right? And the guys opened Boo years ago, Mark did, and another friend of his, I think, but the lads have Boa, I think, I don't, won't try to name them all, but they're basically Boa, Wilfie Nell, the Spaniard. They're all kind of down around the West Village and East Village area, St. Mark's Place. And they have two bars in the Bonnie in Astoria and Sweet Afton. And then they have the other one on the Upper East Side, Fabulous Place. Jeez, sorry, lads, it's escaped me anyway. But no TVs in any of the bars. And you don't even notice it. Yeah. And they're great. Did the boys roll one in for Super Bowl? Probably in, the, in, like in Boa, maybe in one of the other places. Mm. But super cool bars. They're an amazing bars. It's New York City. There's 10 or 11 million people, as I keep saying, going in. But like on a given some weekend, there's probably 3 or 4 million people in it. This might come as a shock to some fellas out there. Not everybody likes NFL. Not everybody wants to watch the sport. And not for nothing, you can watch anything on your game, yeah. on your TV. But there's nothing worse than just how you described it there with Laura. When you're sitting in a bar and you're just like going, yeah, yeah, and you don't even know what's going on. <laughs> and even if you did know what was going yeah, on, it's, you don't need to watch it. Yeah, it's exactly. not that big a necessity. If you're a golf fan, if you're a baseball, whatever it is, and you know the World Series is coming up and it's such and such a night, you're saying to Laura, I'm going out with the lads, I'm going to watch the baseball. You're not going out with your missus then and then, oh, I'll try watch it in the background. I was like, what's the fucking point? So you remember in your pubs when you're in a home, You'd have the long bar and blah, blah, and then they'd have the old big square TV just shoved up into the corner. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's why the TV's downstairs. Sorry, that's to feed my car. That's why the TV downstairs are kind of in awkward yeah, positions. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I want lads to sit and look like that. Yeah. And if people don't like that, that's fine. Yeah. But you don't see anyone sitting at the bar counter downstairs looking for a TV behind the bar. If they do, that's that is what it is. And you, and you have running, you like the season is over now with the GA, but I'm not sure if you've done it since you've reopened. But I remember before you used to have like GA Go or something on. Yeah, that you could. Call, we had it on today yeah, with the championship. Looking, with the yeah, championship, on, that's what I've done. I don't want to be watching baseball no. or NFL or no. whatever ice hockey. It's, and that's fine too. I don't know some people do, but yeah, but they do, and that's fine. The, the majority of Irish people who are. Yeah. Coming here, don't but a lot of the young Irish lads here now and all that know more about NFL than yeah. you and I might be yeah. because the Sky Sports and the younger generation they have. Yeah. But they're more inclined to now, if they're going out, they're going out. They'll probably go to a game quicker. There's nothing wrong with having it on, yeah. but it just doesn't need to be in your face in a bar. But that's all, every bar. You Don't get me wrong, by the way. I opened a bar with three TVs. And I don't know how many is here. There's three upstairs here now. So you do lose the battle. Don't get me wrong. You do lose the battle with the TVs. And it's with yourself as well. Like I was like, no, we only need three TVs. Within a couple of weeks, I remember Jerry or Carl go, could do with a TV over there. And I, but I, yeah. but the lads agree. Me and Carl will be on the same page about this. That's fine. We'll put up more TVs. We just don't want to put them behind the yeah, bar. Yeah. Now I often thought about putting them behind the bar, and then saying, "Oh, we'll turn them off or whatever." Mm. Never happens. Nah. It never happens. And then there was the fantasy for a while where they put the frame around them. So it made it look like it was a picture. Oh, yeah, They'd have yeah. the gold frame around. And they're good. And they're chalkboards. Tanner Smiths do them well. Yeah. But the lads manage them well. 
yeah. But yeah. generally, I went into a bar years ago in, in Astoria. And I can't tell you how many TVs there was in there, lads. But it covered the whole wall all yeah, the way yeah. around. Yeah. The Yankee game was on Encore, which means replay. So it was on replay three hours later. And they still had the game on on every TV. And I said to the female waitress, she you any chance to put the Yankee game on? Obviously being sarcastic. <laughs> and she goes, let me check my manager. I don't know where he is, but I'll get it put on for you. And I'm like, I'm fucking joking. But like, needless to say, that bar's closed anyway. Johnny, one of the things that, of course, um, has been a big appeal for, uh, for people to come into the long haul is your Guinness. Yeah, it's huge, yeah. So tell me about the Guinness. Where is it from? Where do you, do you import it? Or yeah, everyone's Guinness is imported from Ireland. From Dublin? Yeah. Okay. There is a massive, there is a massive Guinness brewery, a very impressive one, if anyone Connecticut. wants to go to it, in Baltimore. Baltimore, yeah, yeah. And it's, they're great for doing tours. It's amazing. I haven't been to it, but I know of it, and I've heard nothing but good things about it. But despite what some people think, they don't brew Guinness there. Okay. They don't. The Guinness comes, comes from Ireland now. Like, they brewed in Africa for a long time, and it used yeah, to come yeah. over there, and then there was Canada, and there was all this... But our Guinness is amazing here. Now, we're kind of having a bit of a back and forth now with the Westbury. Because the Westbury is really, really good. Uh, like you now, I don't drink either. but So I don't know. But I know by looking Johnny at it. Johnny put me off the drink. Yeah, drove him off it. This will drive him back on it. Yeah, to but, get the podcast set up, yeah, I said I'd go off. I'm, it a, great, I, I'm, gone, gone I'm a great bar owner, am I? <laughs> Talking lads into giving up the drink. I don't know. I obviously haven't tasted the Westbury's. But I know by looking at the long haul. I'd say the long haul is better. <laughs> and for anyone that's listening, the long haul is cheaper. So that's even, <laughs> that's even more of a deal breaker. It's what's the compensation I give people to get down to 34th Street as, a, as regards 38th Street. What's the price of a pint of Guinness? I've no idea, but I know it's cheaper. <laughs> I genuinely had a customer tell me last week how, how much it was. And shock horror, he was from Scotland. The minute he went to the toilet, I said to his buddy, I said, trust that fucker to know the price of it. And he goes, she's from Scotland. What do you expect? <laughs> I think it's eight dollars here, and it's eight fifty in uh, Westbury. And of course, it's a proper Plus point tax. because you'd go to a, you go to other bars around, yeah. uh, and they'd have yeah. like a sixteen ounce yeah, uh, yeah. pint in Europe. Listen, I've studied the Street. Irish people well, man. <laughs> I know what they're like. We all know what they're like. You could charge an Irish fella anything you like for a cocktail. You could buy he could buy the missus a cocktail for eighteen ninety eighteen or nineteen dollars in a balloon wine glass, pink gin, all the fruit you like in it. If you overcharge him for that Guinness. He'll wake up Sunday morning and he'll remember the price of that Guinness. And he's right. He yeah. is right. I don't care. I'll charge anything here. The only two things I care about in this place are the curry fries and the Guinness. The curry fries are good. Curry fries, curry fries are fries. amazing. Them chips are the business. I don't care what anyone says. They are like chips yeah. from home. Proper. But again, and the curry is like, yeah. Yeah, it's the real the deal. But we go to a lot of lengths for them two things as well. You know when you're in the chipper home and you've seen your man with the water bucket and the whole thing? Yeah, 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 yeah. We yeah. do it all the yeah, same. Yeah, yeah. We, we mix it out, we throw out the water, we throw it in. You know. What do you do amazing. with the curry? It's a McDonald's curry sauce. Oh. I think the trick is with McDonald's, a few lads have asked me, but when my drinking days, I remember going down there one night and I seen the lads making it and they were using, um, they put a little bit of cooking or a bit of uh, cooking wine in it. Right. I think they put oh, a bit yeah. of cooking wine. So I was down there drunk one night at about two in the morning making uh, fries to do a name drop here for Manny from the Stone Roses was All in right. here with the, the roadies one night and they kept asking me about the chips because they'd had them earlier during the week sure I went down drunk me and Chris the old bartender here and yeah. me and Chris were making the curry fries I thought I turned off everything and I was coming the next day and I was like fucking thinking I was great and the chef was there to me Johnny somebody left on the fryers last night and I was like that fucking Chris bollocks I'll have a word with him for you it was fucking me it was <laughs> so that's the trick with it yeah um, what was, what's the trick with the Guinness for someone who isn't drinking this and how do you get it up to standard because Guinness isn't great in yeah. America so how do you get it to be to I'll give away good? a secret a bit about the long haul and I'll tell you this is honestly the truth our cold room isn't great 
it's not it doesn't work amazingly because again we took over this place and there was one of the things we probably didn't rip out or we might have but it worked out in our in our favor because guinness shouldn't be in a really 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 cold environment it should be just cold enough whereas ipas need to be in them type of rooms okay so it's a bit of a nightmare for the staff downstairs so any lads that sit at the grocery end and they're watching jade or cormac pulling guinness or pulling the pints down there the ipas and all are a little high so we're losing a little bit every time trying uh-huh. to get these points but it makes the guinness perfect so I don't want to fix the cold room for that reason. Now in the Westbury, we actually have jackets on the kegs because we don't want them that cold. It's a bit of a nuisance, but they are actually these heavy Guinness jackets. They're like these red things that just go over the keg okay. and they put in the, you know, the line goes right through the top and that keeps it a little bit warmer. And it's a, it, does the length of the line make any difference? Is, the, is there different lengths here? I know that yeah, people... People always go on about the length of the line. Mm-hmm. It's more the twists. So if you had a long line that went the length of the bar but it was and it just dropped down and it was straight, that's better than having one that's shorter that twists right, a lot. Okay. You want the less twists, the better. Obviously, if it's shorter, it's good, but the less twists, the better. Okay. And it is good in their case. But downstairs, the Guinness connoisseurs will tell you, the tap at this end, say where your mic is, and the tap at the other end, the one at this end is closer to the cold room, but the Guinness in this tap is better. All right. Because that one's used more. Yeah. My honest opinion out there, but it's all a little bit can be a little bit overhyped. I personally think this is a factor. People think I'm mad, but it is. I think that's a factor. But it's also how much you sell of it. Yeah, you need You're to... selling loads of it. I went to a certain bar here when it first opened, and our Guinness was amazing. Same guy to put in my lines. And our Guinness was amazing when I was drinking. And I went into about four or five months later, and I had it, and it was rank. And the reason being, because they just don't sell that much of it. Yeah. <clears throat> but I think what we did by separating it and having the terror... It highlights it. It shows the Guinness. You see a lot of lads doing that where they put the Guinness tap when they're on some of them big coffins or the big steel bars. And that's a great idea mm. because it's highlighting the Guinness. But we actually have the actual tower. And it buys into it. Like for anyone that hasn't been here, like we have a full-on grocery behind the bar. We sell like meanies, uh, Aero, like Yorkies. We have everything. Flavender's oatmeal with Mawadi. So we have the full-on grocery there. Guinness tap right in front of it and everything. I see people coming in and I often think they weren't even planning on having a Guinness. And they just get caught up in the yeah, whole thing. Yeah, yeah. Like, oh, I give us a Guinness. Like, you know what I mean? I'm I just shooting Jane there taking it downstairs. She was pouring one a second ago. Yeah. So I just oh, yeah. part of that. I was like... Yeah, it does. But it does, doesn't it? <laughs> yeah. It really does. Like, you'd be looking at it. Like, if I do break out someday, like, I know you're half thinking about yeah, it someday. Yeah, it's going to be a Guinness and it's going yeah, to totally. be either here or the whisper. It'll be a mess, like. But it'll be great, like, you know. Oh, if I do break out someday, I would be definitely. But I think I'd go at home. I think I'd, I'd, oh, I think yeah. I'd probably break out at home. The just Guinness in case I die, they don't yeah. have to ship me over. Like, you know, <laughs> Kevin Guinness, Bell or something have to bring Guinness, me home or something, Jesus, you know. The Guinness in Dublin is uh, second yeah. to none. Ah, but it's great in Ireland. Well, it can be. We'll finish it. Well, what, sort of leading up to Christmas, how, um, <clears throat> like, I know before you, Friday nights were a big night here. In yeah. Long, I used to have the DJ and stuff. Is this yeah, last Friday, course? actually, I wasn't here because of my babysitting was now. It's not, not allowed to call it babysitting, but... Uh, and Cottle texted me and he said it was such a great buzz in here oh, right. and we were really busy night DJ back or was yeah Sean was back and oh, it was like 95% Irish in the place Cottle said and I seen a good few of the lads Instagrams and stuff and it just looked great it was all Irish and if anyone's listening to this if this goes out before the 10th next Friday we're actually I have to more or less close to private parties but we literally have three or four Irish parties here next Friday night All right, and it's just going to be mental I get the feeling I know me and Michael didn't get to hit on it here but the whole worry of people going home and there's so many people have booked to go home because of the visa things 
a lot of people couldn't travel last year yeah. if you're on certain visas. And they're probably still nervous of going. But next Friday or Saturday seems like the Irish going away party. Because I need the companies. We have three parties here and we have two parties in the Westbury. But, and they're all Irish companies. And they're all on the 10th. Like on the 10th. But you get the impression, not that everyone's going home on the 11th, but they're going to be gone by the following Thursday and Friday. Okay, yeah. So yeah. you can just feel that there's a mass exit push, coming on yeah. and people going home. So hopefully all this recent things about Ireland now doesn't turn people away from it. I don't think it is. Any lads I'm talking to, they're going regardless. They're just, it's been frustration for a lot of them, you know. What's your, coming up to Christmas, Johnny? I've been here two out of the last three years and it's like, the place was dead I know everyone goes home yeah. so what's your kind of like, yeah I think this is going to be worse this year as regards going home I think anyone and everyone is going, going home because even the price of flights I think are extortion if mm. anyone that left it into October November to book it you were looking at 2000 return for some people if you were looking at going yeah. say 15th and 16th and coming back it didn't really matter when you were coming back unless you were going well into January yeah. you were looking at that so I think there is going to be a mass exit of people going home and then the, over the years you might have people over uh, obviously what this testing and coming in and quarantine as yeah, regards yeah. home I could say, I'd say hopefully that doesn't turn a lot of families off coming over but I think it might so I think it'll make it a bit sore but we've had a good few requests from people from Ireland and the UK on Instagram asking are we open Christmas Day which right. we're not but we've had a good few requests so that's a sign that there is people going to be over so uh, hopefully I don't know it's hard to get a good turkey and ham uh, Christmas yeah, it is. Yeah, here. it really is like, yeah. it is like what are your kind of spots that any tourists coming in over the next couple of weeks things to see around New York City? Well, the bars that I mentioned, if you're a younger generation, hit them bars that I mentioned. Yeah. But also, I always say, please go down around the village and so for your own sake, not yeah. for the businesses. Because the Midtown is hurting more than them business. But like, I'm saying as a tourist, if you're not walking down around the West Village on a Saturday and Sunday when you're here, walking down through them houses and in there around yeah. them like brownstone buildings, and yeah. they're amazing. Like, if you're listening to this at home and you're not booking in advance to go to a Balthazar on a Sunday morning for, for a brunch on a Saturday or Sunday and do some people watching, mm. you know, if you want to go fancy and you're going to, like, the Waverly Inn, which is expensive dinner, but, like, it's just so cosy mm. and lovely. All the Highline walks are amazing. But the big thing as well, and we were going to do it before in this podcast, even lads that live here, them ferries are amazing on the East River, like. Like, I think they're 3 or $4, and you could go all the way down to, like... Yeah bring you down to the World Trade Center, jump on the Staten Island Ferry, which is free. You know, all these yeah. things to do, like. But it's, you know, it's just great to see people back, like, mm. isn't it? Like, seeing uh, tourists on the street and yeah. all, like, I think it's amazing. I'm looking forward to going to the, going to the pubs now the next couple of weeks, couple of months. Like, yeah. the last year and a half, I was like, as we said, like, tour, there was no international, well, European tourists, and we were, yeah. I've been away every couple of, couple of months, like going mm. Austin, Nashville, uh, Florida, whatever. But, no uh, COVID in them places, yeah. bro. <laughs> no. There isn't, but like, no, I was in no. them as well during no. the year with the lads with the golf. Different, and there isn't. Different like, added, different dad. And even New York now, Huey was here from the Boar's Head, like, you know, and obviously anyone that knows GA in Ireland knows who Huey is. Yeah. And Hugh and Anne come over because their daughter is in Fordham here now. And they come over to say, and the minute Hugh walked into the Westbury, now we're really busy that day. But I remember he walking in, and I could see Huey looking up and down, but I knew what he was looking at. Everyone sitting at the bar counter. And he was just so excited himself just to sit at the bar yeah. counter. And he runs one of the most well-known bars in Dublin. Like, but he's like, Where? Well, like what's going on? Like, yeah. We're going backwards over there. But at least here, it's like... But here's another thing, actually. We could nearly finish on something that likes of this type of stuff. We're the only ones that talk about COVID. Irish people. <laughs> Americans don't talk about no. it. And it's because of our government and because of everything at home. We... 
we can't not talk about it. It is part of our fucking too much part mm. of our life. It's a t- it's a different mentality. As I it's said, I was in Florida. I just might as well be. Oh. I was in the clubs there. The, mm. with Paddy Green, of course. Uh, yeah, yeah. And it's just, uh, just. But like, there's Paddy is a prime example of a guy that worked his arse off in New York, right? Yeah. Michael Ledwidge and lads like that, right? And the boys forced to go down to Miami. Now, for people living at home, all forced going to Miami, no big deal. But Paddy's home was here, like. Yeah. And Paddy had to go down there he and reinvent here for a himself. Years and, reinvent yeah. himself and start again down there. Mm. But like. What if you couldn't? Have, what if we didn't have that option? Like, mm. You know exactly. Yeah, and in Ireland you don't have that option. Like in like New York, Ireland. you had a lot of restrictions here. Yeah, we had to, we could just we just went upstate, or then yeah. we decided to go over to New Jersey. Well, that's what two Johnnies asked me and Grogan the other day in the podcast, like type of thing. What was lockdown like here, lads? I said we shouldn't call it lockdown in comparison yeah. to what you had. Yeah, you know they'd lockdown. Yeah, we could go anywhere we wanted yeah. within reason. There was there was there was a point like I go to Rhode Island a lot, like where they were stopping you going into Rhode Island and they were asking you. Oh really? Yeah, but that didn't last long. Yeah, it really didn't last long. So, I hope now with people going home now, it, it, it I, I've heard a few people saying they're canceling their trip, and I think that's sad. But to be fair, not many, yeah. not many going out like cancel it. Like it's, it's parents, man. Tough for parents at home. Yeah, it is brutal. Yeah. Like I haven't seen mine two, two, two years. Yeah, but so there's nothing you could have imagined that would have like you know I mean. That's 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 wrong. Like, yeah. you know, when your hand is forced with visas and all, and you're getting told, "Oh, what if?" And like, I'm an American citizen now, thank God. But like, if your visa's there and you're thinking, it's, "Do you know what? It's just not worth it." That's and then thing. you're saying yeah. to your parents to come over, and for them, it's like, yeah, oh, you know, I don't want. What if I get stuck there and I'm a burden to you? And also, it just becomes one of those things. Like, you see a lot of people now going home on their own, like in couples. Him or her going home on their own, yeah. and she's staying with the kids, or if there's no kids, or just one one going rather than the other. Fucking crap. Mm. The impression I get from Ireland, even talking to one of the lads the other day from off the ball, that Tommy was saying like Tommy's an American citizen, right? Remember Tommy that we met here. Tommy's one of the producers on the show, but Tommy was saying like it feels like Tommy Rooney. Yeah, Tommy Rooney feels like it's going to be there. This is going to be winter in Ireland for a while. Mm. And it, I, I kind of get that impression. It's not that Tommy's out to back that up, but he's, what he's saying, you get the impression our winters are going to be like this to give us a summer. It's Come on, like, that's, it's terrible. Like, But listen, you have a cork man at the helm. What do you expect? Like, <laughs> you know? Nemo man. <laughs> <laughs> on that note. <laughs> Leave that part in, but Nemo. Why, <laughs> Santi? And that's all for this week. Let us know what you think by leaving us a comment on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at The Long Haul Podcast or visit our website, thelonghaulpodcast.com. As I said earlier, we'll be doing a follow-up podcast on the New York bar industry in the coming weeks. So if you'd like to ask a question, shoot us a message on social media. The Long Haul Podcast reported on every New York GAA adult championship final in both men's and women's codes this year and you can read them along with video links to the games on thelonghaulpodcast.com. We also have plenty of other Irish-American themed news reports on the site. If you like what you hear, be sure to rate the podcast and share it with your friends. This will ensure that we can get even more podcasts to you more often. Slongafol and thanks for listening. Girls, can you dance the polka? And when we got inside the house, the drinks were passed around. The liquor was so awful strong, my head went round.